Hello, and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. And I'm Daryl Etherington. And our co-host, Jordan Crook, is off today, just like I was off last week. So we skipped last week, but we're back. We're back. Um, just a reminder, this is a podcast where we recap the latest streaming headlines and review the latest streaming shows and movies. This week, we're going to review... I keep forgetting the name. Say I Do. Say I Do. <laughs> which yeah. is a new reality show on Netflix... Before we get to that, we should at least touch on the Emmy nominations. I say we should because I don't think Daryl or I is particularly passionate about awards. Although I do like watching the Oscars. I will admit that I like watching the Oscars, but the Emmys I really don't care about at all. What's the one where... I like watching the one where Ricky Gervais is Golden mean Globes. to everyone. Yeah, yeah that one's Well, that's good. the one, the most extreme because everyone knows that all those awards don't matter at all and no one will remember who won the Golden Globe for whatever category a year from now. But it's just about having a sort of drunken ceremony. Right, yeah. Are they for movies? I don't remember. (laughs) They're for movies and for TV. Uh, They're given out by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. No one knows what that is, but uh, because they basically go first of the big awards and they sort of are seen as a predictor of the Oscars. That's kind of why everyone pays attention. And also because right. it's just a, a looser ceremony. So the people are actually getting kind of drunk and you might get crazier things than you do with the Oscars. Yeah, yeah, some fun clips. Yeah. yeah. Um, so th- with the Emmys, on the other hand, it's like part of what makes the Emmys kind of hard to follow is there's just so many categories. There are the primetime Emmys, which are the things you actually see on TV if you watch the Emmys on TV, which I don't know <laughs> why anyone would do that. Um, but those are like the big categories, like best drama, best comedy, best writing for drama, best actor, best actress, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's like all these creative arts Emmys that I have could not possibly name. There are literally right. hundreds of them. Um, and the, the main reason they come into play is because um, HBO, thanks in a large part to those... Um, what are called like the creative arts Emmys uh, usually has the the most nominations and so is kind of considered that's like a one of the notches in its belt to be considered the the most prestigious the best of all the different channels but Netflix has been competing with it for that title recently um, and this year Netflix got 160 nominations hmm. compared to 107 for HBO. Wow. I mean you're like what what could those categories even be? Like what is the 155th nomination that Netflix got? You know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I assume they got like probably multiple nominations in some categories. Yeah. Did they so. or yeah. They did. Yeah. I I don't actually have all of the the full list in front of me. Um I do know that their most nominated show is Ozark, which had 18 wow. nominations, which is very good. Um, and that matches, that sort of puts it neck and neck with Succession, which I think was probably the best show of last year. Yeah. Um, but the show with the most nominations was Watchmen with 26 nominations. Um, I think one of the big surprises was The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus, which got 15 nominations, including Best Drama. I think everyone sort of assumed that you would, that The Mandalorian would get a technical. bunch of technical nominations. Obviously, yeah. the special effects are amazing, particularly for a TV show. But it's a little bit more surprising that it was nominated for Best Drama. I mean, I liked The Mandalorian. I would be sort of hard-pressed to say that I found it 
particularly like it, it felt like a show that was like very entertaining but has not stuck with me at all yeah and it's i guess drama is the the category that is most appropriate for it if you are forced to choose but it doesn't <laughs> feel like the right way like it's like i guess it's semi-serious but it's it's mostly just a romp right like it's like mm-hmm. a fun good time right so yeah but yeah you couldn't really it's not a comedy although it has funny moments but yeah yeah uh best sci-fi they don't have that right bastards <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean game of thrones was always nominated in best drama and, and yeah won many times um, but that is very I, dramatic that is a much it. more uh like serious show um i don't know if it's actually at least in this final seasons a better show but it's certainly a right. much more serious uh with like kind of weightier themes and more developed characters whereas um the Mandalorian is, you know, basically a Star Wars movie across eight chapters. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, maybe one of the better Star Wars movies, so. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, so I, I definitely was not bothered by the fact that it was nominated. I think people were sort of uh, a, a bit surprised. Um, mm-hmm. I was I was very, very happy to see Watchmen getting a lot of nominations. I, yeah, that's I, I think we've talked about this before. I was not crazy about the finale, but otherwise, I, I think it's pretty pretty much a perfect show. Yeah, yeah. No, I think the. Uh, I mean, I saw it. I saw it very briefly because you sent over the post, but it looked like there was nothing ultra surprising in those nominations. Uh, yeah, it'll be a weird year, right? Next year will be the weirdest year because yeah. presumably there'll be like a dearth of stuff to actually choose from, right? I would assume. I, I mean, they may do something sort of similar to what the Oscars did where they, well, I think they're still discussing, like, are they going to extend the eligibility year? Like, time, like maybe we just give out Oscars for a two-year period or oh, right. an 18-month period because movies are coming out on this weird schedule. Um, and maybe with TV, it's like, well, yeah, then for six months, we couldn't shoot any TV. Therefore, why don't we just hold off on the Emmys for a year or something like that? I don't know. Yeah have any idea what's going to happen i mean partly because i don't think anyone knows exactly when production is going to be able to resume in in a large scale safe way um and i mean the other big question is like what does an award show look like when you can't safely gather that many famous people in a room together yeah i know well well yeah what will they do will they do a virtual one that'll be weird they should just tweet it. Just tweet it. Make my job a lot easier. I yeah. have to pretend to watch this fairly boring ceremony, and I can just compile the tweets. Then maybe they'll do a VR one. That'll be a nightmare. <laughs> I, I had my, my first ever VR briefing. It was better than I thought, but I did get a headache from it. Did you have to wear quite glasses? A yeah. Well, like, I went, they sent an Oculus Quest. Which they okay. included return packaging for, like you know, send back the Oculus Quest, right? But like, it was, it was weird because they had an app. I didn't even know you could do this, but they locked it down into like admin mode, basically, so they you could only use the one app. It was for Virgin Galactic's thing. It's not a secret, and they, okay. um, so they like had the app, and you could go through and tour the cabin of their spacecraft because they wanted to have us all down in person. They couldn't do that, obviously. So, and then they were like, oh, by the way, we're doing the briefing in here too. And then they had me unlock the admin mode with a pin, which was kind of like, well, why didn't, why did you send it in admin mode to begin with? But I think it was more about like technically 
helping people who are not as savvy, like just be like, just put it on and click the big button that's there, right? Um, but anyway, so then they had this and, and basically I was like, okay, I'm here. And they were like, yeah, look in the bottom and there's a thing and I clicked on that and then I jumped into a void, like a, a formless void without end and then these floating like anonymous avatars came and were like, hey, I'm Steven, I'm whatever, Thomas. And I was like, what? What's happening? And then they um like said okay now we're gonna teleport you and then they were like had oh there's some technical issues wait no we got it and then they like jumped me into the cabin and were pointing out things and it worked very well like they were pointing at things and i could see what they were pointing at right um but it was a little bit disorienting because they were jumping around all the time too like teleporting essentially to to get to different parts of the thing and then they'd ask me to teleport too to like look over here right and then sometimes i'd jump on and i'd be like inside of them basically and, and then they'd go whoa and i'd go oh whoa it was very <laughs> unsettling this actually sounds great it was it was definitely an experience so i and i like i didn't really write about it in the post i wrote because i figured more people were curious about what the actual spaceship looked like so i just used their real photos of the spaceship instead of the low poly vr images or whatever that i would have captured and then I mentioned it briefly, but I didn't talk about it in detail because it wasn't really the point. But it was it was still interesting. Um, yeah. But maybe they'll do that. Maybe they'll maybe just they have will. all the celebrities sitting in VR with VR headsets. It does feel like this period has really illustrated how a lot of celebrities have camera setups that are just as shitty as mine. Or shittier than mine now that we have these uh, nice TechCrunch cameras that they sent to all of, all of us for our virtual events. Yeah, you got your setup good. It's looking good. It's still yeah. that natural light, though. That natural light really helps. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about Say I Do, which, again, is on Netflix. And I have to admit, I had not even heard about it when you suggested that, that we watch it. Um, it was a surprise to me, too. Like, when I found it, I was like, I don't know what this is. I've never heard of this before. And then I just started watching it um, because I mean, in part because we're like sort of wedding planning, although we're like not in a rush because of all the mess of (laughs) the world. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think that was the the reason. And then it it just turned out to be like, wow, I really enjoy the show. But I heard more about it after I started watching it. But yeah. Yeah, because it came out, I think, maybe a month and a half ago as we record this, and it is created and executive produced by David Collins, who is the creator of the of Queer Eye in both its old and new incarnations. I don't know exactly what level of involvement that is, because I feel like when when you like executive can, producer can mean a lot of things, um, and you know when you don't have writing or directing credits, I don't know if he came up with the idea and then <laughs> yeah. you know made other people do everything, or if he's incredibly involved. I just don't know. Um, but they are very very similar shows and it made me surprised that given that people talk so much about queer eye that there hasn't been the same amount of conversation about this one yeah yeah yeah, i know i think uh yeah maybe it just fell into a weird release hole in the netflix's overall schedule but it does seem like they're giving it a fair amount of presence in the app i guess that that differs person to person obviously but you you may be watching more wedding related content than I i'm definitely watching. watching a lot more reality tv on netflix so it'll yeah. pop that up yeah so the concept is essentially that there are they take these couples and who are you know already in a serious long-term relationship 
and the at least in the episodes I've seen, they've all been, you know, cis heterosexual couples with a man and a woman, and the man is ready to propose, and basically they they come in and they throw a wedding in the space of a week, and the bride to be does not know that there's going to be a wedding, and at yeah. first they shoot her telling her that it's just like a show about their romance Love story yeah yeah exactly which i was like what, what do you think this show is but okay yeah. <laughs> and then at some point during the week the the uh you know the the man will propose and then very quickly this wedding comes together powered by uh these three guys who don't have quite as catchy a name as the fab five in queer eye but they're just i think a lot of times they're called we're your angels and so there's yeah. uh ty who does the the dress there's Gabe, who's in charge of food, and there's Jeremiah, who basically designs and puts on the wedding. He yeah. the hardest job. He's kind of the wedding planner role yeah. that you would typically have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and they do do some um, uh, some uh, gay proposals as well later okay, on. Great. So yeah, yeah. There's I, I think there's that. at least two episodes of the season have a man marrying a man. So yeah. Yeah, I've only seen the first four episodes, um, mm. and all of those are sort of more traditional. But great. I mean, I, I do think that um, it is. I mean, I, I'd be curious how, what someone would make of it if they hadn't seen Queer Eye, because it's such a point of comparison to me, and there are so many interesting differences. I mean, at first, it took me a little while to get used to it, because I think the uh, the, the wedding planners and, and designers and cooks, like the three guys, they're a little bit more reserved. Than yeah. the Fab Five, they don't they don't have that sort of charisma where they come in and um, you know they're just immediately like we love you we you know we're gonna like here you know everything is fabulous um, and instead they tend to be much more like holy shit we have to put a wedding on in one week and then you also see I think a lot more of the work because in Queer Eye there's a real emphasis on this big surprise unveiling at the end and so you see a little bit of work but not and but and and you, they never they seem very kind of unflappable whereas on this show you definitely just there are a lot of a lot of times where jeremiah or ty will just be like i'm so stressed out i'm so stressed yeah, out. yeah yeah well they do like it's ridiculous the timelines as they i don't know if they've done any pre-scouting work or whatever i assume hopefully they have because like <clears throat> basically the show kicks off they do the the surprise proposal and then it's like it's almost i think it's always within a week or something mm-hmm. that the actual wedding happens so and they film segments of them like going and looking at venues and stuff so it, may, it seems like they're trying to find all this stuff extremely last minute and i'm sure some of that is like fictionalized because well I'm, maybe the venue availability is better because it's like last minute but like some of the places are like how could that not be booked up like i don't understand what's going on and maybe they're just doing it in the middle of the week and you you don't know all the details right but then yeah We've got that, and they've got all the guests come together, and they're all able to join and like dress. To the, so it's like, you know, it, it it all seems totally ridiculous that all this happens in a week and like not really even possible in any way. But um, so maybe I mean it makes sense they're stressed out. I'm sure that yeah, I'm sure some of that has to be fictionalized because you can't ask somebody's entire family to like come down for a thing like with a week's notice or whatever. But yeah, I wonder how much they because they make a big deal usually about first um the having the the bride finding out um Mm -hmm. 
and then they make a big deal about and and usually that's not at the beginning of the week. Usually there's like a whole first half of the the episode where they um you know, where it's really just working with the groom. The bride is on camera, but she thinks it's this whole other show. And then at a certain point, um, the groom, you know, the groom proposes and then explains what the actual concept yeah, yeah, yeah. of the show is. And so, like, there's this, you know, these this, like, sprint during the last few days where suddenly the bride has, and again, or, or the, you know, the other partner, has a... Um, has a say in the and uh, because before it was like very speculative. They're putting all these plans together, but they don't actually know if any of this is going to be, uh, you know, if the bride is going to be okay with any of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it, yeah, but they they, I guess, presumably they're the only ones that don't have any clue that anything's going on, and everybody think. else does have some idea. But yeah, it's uh, it is interesting. It does seem like a lot of the time pressure is genuine for those hosts and they, they do seem more like, yeah, like, like they're genuinely like, okay, I got a lot of work to do and there are stakes. Whereas in queer eye, it feels like they got basically all the time in the world to do something and they kind of set the pace and a lot of the stuff happens off camera. Right. Yeah. Although I mean, definitely on queer eye too, I'm always like, how did you, I don't believe that you did that in two days. That doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. true. Especially for the physical stuff, like the home remodels and things yeah. like that, right? Yeah. Which, again, is, I mean, I think in the most recent season, Bobby talks on camera about this idea of like, or maybe it was like, maybe it was like the PR, the publicity around the most recent season. But he's like, yes, obviously we have like a whole crew that go into the locations beforehand and they've gotten all the measurements and everything. So we're kind of ready yeah. to go when, the, when that period of time starts. And yeah. I assume there's something like that here, but it's... Um, yeah, it, it it seems, although again, because it's a much more, cont- it feels also like a much more contained task, like of just like, okay, we have to put this one event, not like we have to yeah. build this person's life, and you just see much more of the work, it still feels believable. I agree that it's a little, there's a little bit of fudging, or they just don't get into how they're able to get these venues on such short notice, yeah. and how... Well, I think they would have a yeah. plan... I think they probably have a loose plan for each sketched out ahead of time based on mm-hmm. the information they have. And then they make it seem like they're right, discovering they all the necessary info, like through the course of the, the program. Right. Which is really more about us, the viewer learning that info. Right. Like, right. Um, although definitely sometimes you see that the plan changes based yeah. on what someone tells them. Like the I've seen the some crazy ones where I'm like, how would you, why would you do like the this it seems it seems to it strains credulity that like they did it that way like this isn't a spoiler i'll just say one of them in one of them they go see a venue and the guy like loves the venue and then the guy, they're like oh is it available and they're like no and it's like what what do you why did you even bring him there like why didn't you just check that beforehand <laughs> I agree that it must be weekday weddings because I just can't imagine that that weekend that those venues. I mean, unless they just spend some crazy amount of money to be like, all right, like you're kicking this other couple out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe they, yeah, they might just kick them to a different point on the schedule. Or they're pretty small town areas. I think for the most part, Uh, there's some big city ones, but I think for the smaller town area ones, you wouldn't have as much uh, uh, booked up time, right? Yeah, I mean, one of the other curious things is that they're much, they're pretty vague about the location most of the time. You don't, they don't yeah, say. Yeah, they are. Yeah. There's a lot of like, like skyline shots. So you yeah. get a sense of it, but they never say, oh, here we are in Cincinnati, which 
from what I understand, is where they shot a lot of it, not necessarily all of it. Yeah. Yeah, they don't do that as much. uh, Like, that's not something that's as important to the queer. I I think overall, the whole production is more like the important thing here is the these people and their story like the actual subjects of the thing as opposed to the host or the area or anything like that right like it's really about the two people getting married in the program more than than queer eye ever is about the even the subject of the makeover i think mm-hmm. and it's, it's interesting because i feel like i'm not somebody who usually gets very emotional at weddings you know i mean i, I can enjoy them um but like i don't get very invested in the idea of like oh like sort of performing love in front of this audience of hundreds of people and and also like just a lot of the sort of bullshit like patriarchal traditions that are that are tied up in it um so i really assumed that i was not going to be super into the concept that i just was not gonna and and i was completely won over i thought the um uh, or especially the so I, like I said I've seen the first four episodes mm-hmm. and the first two episodes just like I, I cried in both of them yeah and um, it I, I worried that it might get a little repetitive but it, it felt like they found really different people yes. and, and it became this thing where unlike Queer Eye it's not about a makeover or a transformation of somebody's life but that still happens in the court like it's basically like how do we you know, uh, they, they sort of will ask, like, what do you need to sort of feel good about walking down the aisle? What are, like, some of the issues you need to resolve either with your partner or with somebody else in your life? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, obviously, with any reality show, there's, like, an element of you kind of wonder if that's a little bit too pat, if, like, you know, really <laughs> none of their problems have been solved, but we just pretend yeah. that they have been. But yeah. uh, it was it was really surprisingly moving. And, again, probably because... There's like something about the atmosphere of a wedding that just heightens all these emotions. But like conversely, it also felt like sometimes they didn't try to force it the way it sometimes feels forced in, in Queer Eye to like that every episode has to have an epiphany. But like here you feel like some people are much more reserved and they'll sort of have an important conversation, but they won't kind of oversell it the way it, it can be oversold sometimes. Yeah, I think so. I think there's even, I don't you probably haven't seen this one because it was later in the season, but there's like... One in particular I'm thinking of where I think that's like, it's very clear that they didn't try to artificially um, give you like a very clean resolution in order just to to make that follow like an arc, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, I do, th- I do think they did that, but I think I also found it really genuinely moving and, and each one I'll, I've seen... I don't know how many there are total. I think I've seen seven there's, or eight of them. But. There's eight, so you may have seen all oh, of them. Oh, no, no. Then I've only seen... Because I, I know there's two left that I have to see, so I've seen six of them, I guess. But, okay. Um, yeah, it's like... Like each one of them was like wow and the, and all their stories were very unique and different and it wasn't like they were just trying to like repeat a pattern necessarily it was just but I, and i was also surprised i would i didn't have any expectations going into it so i kind of thought it would be like something like the the uh, four weddings or like these other like i don't know if you've seen any of them but like the more the like tlc style wedding shows where it's like there's not really they're not really trying to like get get at you emotionally except for maybe in a cheap way like low-hanging fruit way and it's more just about like oh look at the way here's the decorations they did and what a crazy concept or whatever 
So I was kind of expecting that a more more light fare, and then when it wasn't yeah. that, I was like, oh wow, this is like, this is yeah, this is Im- impactful for sure. Mm-hmm. Did you have a favorite um, among the 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 episodes or the, the couples? Oh. Yeah, that's tough because now that I've seen so many of them, I gotta actually like look it up. There was there's there's some that are like pretty extreme, like the one of the. Um, Gay couples, the guy had had proposed earlier and then he got cancer immediately afterwards, stage four cancer. Wow. And then like they spent the past, you know, five years or whatever dealing with that. And like he actually managed to become cancer free, even though it was very advanced and his prognosis was not good. And so there was a lot there. But um, and that one was was really tough. But I'm trying to think of what other ones there are. Um. There was another couple that had, uh, oh, what did they have? That was weird. Like they, they, I think they were high school, um, sweethearts or something. But then the guy like went to prison, and I don't know. That one was good too. You know what I'm talking about? And they had like three kids. Like he had two kids from before. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then oh, that was interesting because I didn't. That was probably the one that I felt the least. I was just like, this is fine. Sure, great. I'm glad they're getting married. Uh, I felt good about that. It was something about how it was like her father was so kind, and Mm. it was very nice to see that he was like very forgiving of this guy's like stuff that he got messed up with. But um, and also she like originally couldn't have a baby but then did right and that was like really nice too mm. but yeah i don't know it, it, they were they were all they all had their specific things but like i said really different right so there were none that you hated or anything like that no 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 there was none where i was like i don't really care about this like this isn't I don't feel anything about this yeah. yeah i i think the the first episode probably got hit me the hardest um which is this couple that who I guess they got married maybe like eight years earlier or something like that, and but they were really really unhappy with how the wedding had gone, and so they were getting oh uh, yeah having a second ceremony, and um yeah it's weird because they in in a lot of ways well no that's not true I, I was gonna say that like they didn't have to like some of the drama that other but they did because the the bride her her father and sister had died in a really short right period of time. right right very close to each other yeah that's right yeah and it was it was his way of basically being like hey i want to give you both the ceremony that you wanted the first time and then also like just to sort of get a fresh start after this horrible tragedy um mm-hmm. and and again it was like because that was also the episode where i was really getting to know the three wedding yeah. guys and and that at first they they really seemed much more reserved. Like their faces are not as expressive. They don't say as much during the conversations. But like, in a way, it feels more like a real conversation. Then they don't sort of immediately jump in with solutions. Yeah. They're more just kind of like sitting there, taking it in. And Jeremiah in particular just always seems to get very emotional very quickly. And in a way that I find like really moving and and believable. Yeah, uh, and they also. I think their characters build throughout the show in a much more mm-hmm. natural way too, um, where you do get to know a bit of like you know more about them. They do reveal things, uh, especially like the one. Um, oh my goodness, who's Gabe. the dress guy? 
Oh, Ty. Ty. So Ty reveals, yeah, Gabe also reveals a pretty big thing, but then Ty reveals the thing later too in one of the episodes and they don't, they don't feel forced. Like they feel like they come out naturally in the course of like actually trying to relate to the people or whatever. And, and, uh, but it's very effective and they're not, and they're still not like, although Ty funnily, one of the things I found about the episodes, like he seems to dress in a way that's like, uh, (laughs) <laughs> that almost makes him the center of attention at all of the <laughs> wedding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he but. is probably the most flamboyant dresser, but all three of them tend to be... There's a lot of shots of them looking really, really sharp um, yeah, at yeah, yeah. weddings. And then sort of, like, sort of like rubbing tears out of their eyes. Um, yeah, and they do play a pretty prominent role in the weddings. Like, they act mm-hmm. as basically a trio of MCs, kind of, almost, yeah. right? Um well, well, especially Jeremiah. Actually, he's mostly the MC. But the yeah, there was one the one where he picks a black dress for the bride. Uh, yes. Yeah, and then he wears white, and then he's the only person wearing white at the wedding. <laughs> it was like pretty extreme. Remember, <laughs> <laughs> there's another episode where um, Ty, and again, like I feel like this is not something you. It's like. They want the, the the grooms the groomsmen want Ty to take a shot with them, and he says, "No, I can't. I have work to do. Like I can't. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. no, you got to do it. You got to do it." And then and then he like runs out after taking a shot and tells the other uh, hosts slash planners, uh, "This is the first time I've ever had whiskey in my life." <laughs> that was so weird That's and good. charming. Yeah, there's another good uh, moment where Ty uh, there's an inflatable snow snowman decoration and he dresses in it he basically like just puts it on and then walks around as a snowman and he like goes into where those two are having a meeting in a coffee shop and they they, their laughter and their response seems so genuine and like they're just like having the best time ever and like they actually really enjoy each other's companies and it's very very nice and natural it feels a lot better than the kind of like not to say that there's not genuine camaraderie, but like the like the the formulaic setup in Queer Eye of like, yeah. and now we all hang out and have our uh, pasta together that Anthony made or whatever, and then like watch the TV f- to watch the event, right? Yeah, exactly. I think in in Queer Eye, I'm constantly wondering like, do they actually like each other or do they just pretend to? And I think I've become convinced that like there are like real friendships there, although I'm sure there are also tensions that we don't get to see and fights yeah, and yeah. things like that. Um, and this, I think, again, because it was less performative and more low-key, is that it doesn't, um, it feels like a lot of it is sort of also that they're brought together by work. And mm-hmm. so they're, like, usually working on something together. It's not like, let's talk about our feelings or be, like, friends for the camera. But it's more like, yeah. oh, I'm working on this, you're working on this. Let's, like, continue to talk about how we're going to, like, bring this all together. And then through that like there's this more low-key affection that comes through yeah and i think uh, they also uh, maybe it's the same thing but they also all seem to have an actual job to do whereas in queer eye they're kind of <laughs> like what does cramo do again or like you're like trying to remember like what their role <laughs> is among the, the various like duties right and you're like what are they gonna do on this one <laughs> but, <laughs> 
<laughs> right. This person, like, it seems like they're fine food-wise. I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah, here. what's Anthony doing here? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What did you think was the best of the weddings? Oh, that's pretty hard because they all are really actually, like, super fantastic weddings. Like, uh, even one, and this is one that I was referring to, like, one is Christmas-themed, which is, like, that sounds awful, like, uh, to <laughs> me anyway. And they did a he did a great job like it really just it looks so fantastic and like definitely on theme but not um not uh like cheesy or anything like that right um god the one so so, actually no i really like the costumes when he made the the guys painting into two costumes i thought that was really nice uh at first i was gonna say they were kind of like because at the start i was like wow this looks intense and then, but then when they went through it all and actually got to it, I was like, no, that was appropriate and it looks really good. And I, I think that's nice. There, there's, he does these vests and the one for the two guys with cancer that are, that is the Christmas theme one, but they're like mm-hmm. designed to look like uh, ornaments, but they're like pretty, they look like weird old Eastern European, like traditional uh wedding costume or something instead by accident and it's not great but like again overall pretty pretty good and and they really like it which is like all that matters right so i I, yeah it's hard to say which is favorite favorite but like because they all also have like these moments where the people descend through like grand sweeping staircases or whatever and the venues they choose are insane like the each of those venues must be at minimum like fifty thousand dollars just for the rental fee for the venue or whatever like they're crazy how good they are at least the ones i've seen so you think they probably well they probably get a discount too though because they're they're featuring them on a netflix show maybe but like they're also a production and they're doing it like you know it's it's like production fees like site fees like what you would normally pay and it's short notice right i i don't i don't think I think they're probably paying more than what the average person would pay for the wedding. Uh, That's fair. For those do you think that it's uh, that they that they, do they spend more on a say I do wedding or a queer eye makeover? Oh, I think it has to be more on the wedding. Interesting. Has okay. to be. Their guest size is like they're not yeah. even like small weddings, right? Like most right. of them That's are. That's the thing that's really surprising is like how these are not like I feel like I I know people and have read about people who just throw these sort of small almost spontaneous kinds of or much more low-key weddings and these are not those at all no they're like 70 to 100 guests like they're and and everybody's dressed up like it's not like they just were like well come by if you can and then everybody showed up in shirt sleeves or whatever (laughs) yeah and I, i mean i also wonder about like are people coming in from out of town is the production covering these like last minute plane tickets right right yeah, I, I'd have to imagine that too. But uh, and and in almost all of them, they have a common theme of like the people can't really afford. They wouldn't be able to afford this without this help, right? Yeah. So, like that's that's part of the whole appeal is they almost all are in some kind of financial difficulty, which is what's prevented them, right? Uh, I think the, uh, the and like the one that seemed like maybe they were the most well-off generally was that gay couple, but they, then they were saddled with all these medical bills from having cancer for, yeah. for so long. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting, I mean, I guess there's also just an element of, right. If you didn't need the financial help to throw your wedding, like 
would you want this camera crew to yeah. film your like all this emotional stuff and and uh, and film your wedding? Although in some ways, I mean, it's probably like the best wedding album you could hope for. Um, oh yeah, it would be yeah, but it, uh, but it, that also depends on what the actual process looks like, right? Because you imagine they must they probably have to do multiple takes of some of these shots, right? Yeah, so right. that would be weird. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think. Um, yeah, I like the way they approach the money thing because it isn't, I mean, one of the things, I mean, the other thing that sort of is similar to Queer Eyes, I think there's sort of this relationship to capitalism and consumerism that I feel sort of conflicted about mm-hmm. where there's sort of this implication of, oh, like the key to having nice things is money, which is true. I mean, that's the world we live in, but it's sort of like make yourself better, a better person by spending more money. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think like, I don't think they're, they're, they do a bad job of this on Queer Eye, but they, they definitely have to wrestle with it. And sometimes the, the, I think the implicit deal essentially is like, I'm going to let you into my home and let you um, into my life and know well, some of my dirty laundry in exchange for like all this free shit that I'm yeah. about to get and this free home makeover I'm about to get. Um, and then the Fab Five will try to talk about like money and things like, okay, well, how do you, you know, do this sustainably or whatever right exactly and partly because it's a wedding there's like almost a permission to just be very very open about the fact that like we're going to spend a ton of money that you would not have been able to spend otherwise we don't need to like pretend it's anything other than that and then there's there's this weird thing in multiple episodes where somebody talks about the ring that they can or can't afford yes yeah and then um uh, usually Jeremiah is like, oh, we'll just get the like $10,000 ring. Yeah. Yeah. It, it It's, it's simultaneously nice. And yeah, also problematic in that it's like presented as like a big solve to a lot of what they need, but also you're kind of, they, they give the impression that they're like, well, they're giving us all this money, so we should spend it and why yeah. not? Right. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's simultaneously like that's good. And it's a bit subversive because it's like, if they're if they're gonna make it available, if the capitalist system is gonna make it available, why not just it's, it's meaningless and throw it away, mm-hmm. but in a good way, right? And then also at the same time, you're like, yeah, but that's not the, that shouldn't be the solution that they require, right? To make everything better for all of their problems, right? It's like right. spending a boatload of money, but yeah, yeah. and it, it also sort of like makes you wonder about like I don't know, like that ten thousand dollars have been spent on something else that would have a bigger impact on their life yeah. you know and you know again maybe yeah, it's not like they can have both the queer eye makeover and the uh say i do wedding Although that'd yeah. be kind of amazing that would be an amazing like month or whatever in your life yeah if you jump for it from one to the other yeah, that'd be, yeah. <laughs> uh the one thing about the format that i didn't like was and i don't know i think they might have done this in all the episodes i've seen is at the very end of the wedding they take the bride and groom out and they have them sort of speak to each other kind of, um, you know, one-on-one about what the wedding has meant to them. Uh, that always, I don't hate it. It's like, it's not like I fast forward through it, but it always feels a little bit stagey and it feels like all the emotional stuff is already, we've already gone through it. Like then the wedding, the ceremony itself is like the emotional climax. So to have this sort of conversation at the end, I'm just like, ah, I don't really care. This feels like you're sort of forcing these people to do something they shouldn't have to do. I don't think that happens in every single one, but maybe I just didn't notice it or glossed over it. But uh, yeah, I think they handle it just in the um, the vows or whatever most of the time. Or it was in three out of the four that I saw. I don't know. Yeah, 
Anyway, they, if they come back for another season, they should not do that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they will come back for another season. I think this did pretty well for, for Netflix. I mean, that's what I'm also curious about is that obviously with the first season, no one knows what this show is. And so you can have the surprise where it's like, hey, we're making a show about right. your relationship. Right. And then we can just have these three guys show up in the middle of the week. And it's like surprising and, and fun. I wonder how you do that for season two. I guess you could th- theoretically still get away with it if you just like didn't, if you said it, you maybe you just say, don't say it's about the love story. Say it's about something else and then just keep shooting right. it as though it's a documentary. Every season you have to come up with a different cover story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Netflix shoots a lot of documentary style content, so you could theoretically just get away with it for a while right. anyways. and no you know no one watches everything so i mean in, in yeah. some ways it's probably like actually good for the show that it you know presumably has done well but isn't the sort of like thing that you read about like you see tons of tweets and articles about like queer eye and so you can fly under the radar a little more yeah 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 i mean now it'd be they're they're gonna have lots of uh potential like people to make up for bad wedding experiences for like people who like oh your wedding was canceled because of covid like uh yeah we'll do a whole season of covid make goods or whatever so they should have done a special that was a zoom wedding i think that would be really interesting that'd be interesting for them to do Uh, because it is a uh very it's it focuses a lot on just pretty shots of things right there's a lot of pretty mm-hmm. slow motion shots of things so without the cinematography i wonder if it would be anywhere near as effective yeah i don't know so um is there anything you wanted to discuss in spoilers or do you feel like we got to everything no i don't think it's really it's not really a spoilery show like we talked about some of the major kind of like story beats but like mm-hmm. they're not spoilers right and this is all about just like learning about the people and having them talk about their experience and each other right and you can't really spoil that per se so yeah I don't, I'm, I'm good so i guess my last question then is when or if uh tara your fiance listens to this episode mm. should she then apply to be part of the next season oh my god i mean probably based on how things are going for for the planning right now (laughs) 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 yeah we'll see we'll see i mean i don't know we're also house shopping who knows where the money is going to come from if we want to have a big year for you yeah (laughs) yeah well let's wrap things up there um if you enjoy the podcast you can always follow us on twitter at original content you can also subscribe and leave us a review on apple podcasts or any other podcast app you can send us your feedback at original content at techcrunch.com thank you so much for listening and daryl have a great weekend you too